you're about to hear a true story of someone who has taken life's lemons and made lemonade. I am Heidi, your host, and thank you for joining me. Will, welcome to Heidi's Lemonade Stand. I'm excited to talk to you and hear what you're doing. So first start out just telling me a couple of things about yourself. Absolutely. Um, Well, I am currently single. Uh, I am a, um, I I actually love my work. I I actually have to call myself a human behaviorist because that's what I love to do. Uh, It's the thing that drives me the most. One of the things that's really interesting about me is I work with psychedelics. I work with the psychedelic community and I dive really, really deeply inside myself using uh, psychedelics with with a community. So it's, it's something that's interesting about what I do and something that I love. Yeah. You got to explain what that, what that means. What is that? So I currently work with facilitators and a shaman. They, this shaman is, has a, um, a background in chemistry and botany. Um, and he came from, he came from Peru and basically he has created like 35 different experiences from different plants around the world. And so you can, um, go into what we would call it's called a journey. You go into a journey group and um, you figure out if you want to work on body, mind, spirit, or heart, or combinations thereof. And you have an intention. As you set intention, you figure out which direction you want to go. And you, um, he has um, sort of like supplements or um, uh, substances that can take you into any of those directions. And you really are with a community that is doing the same thing. And so you are having brilliant conversations, brilliant interactions. You can go be by yourself or with other people. But it's really this powerful use of community to actually heal, have a sense of connection, a sense of belonging, deep belonging. And so that's why it's one of the things I love most because it's um, it's the, some of the most transformative work I've done in the last five, five years. Wow. Because people really let loose of inhibition at that point, right? And just can feel and be and mm-hmm. accept themselves. Yeah. Yeah. The medicine shuts down the critical thinker mm-hmm. and the thing where you kind of are like always like trying to figure out what to say and what not to say. Right. It just shuts that down and opens up heart and intuition. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you got to tell me why, why this, and what is the story behind you being this human behaviorist you said, right? Yeah. Human behaviorist. Yes. You got behaviorist. it. Okay. So take me back. Tell me the story of how this even came to be. Why would you even want to do this? So I do two things. I'm a perceptual balancing specialist and a value systems expert. And I'm saying that because the, the lemon, um, has, there's a trail to that. When I was growing up, um, Oh, and, and in value systems, there is a theory that says void drives value. And what that means is our greatest challenges, our lemons, are there to, to shape our greatest value and our value system. And so my lemons growing up were, I grew up in a, um, I grew up in a very traditional household, uh, two very Southern parents. My mom was a Southern belle and my dad was a very authoritarian um, hunter, uh, businessman, macho, every, you know, and so I grew up in this, in this household where, um, if you weren't in his value system, uh, you got ignored or you got sort of, um, shunned. So you either had to do what dad was doing or, um, sort of be on your own. 
And so I grew up in a very, uh, it felt like each family member was in satellites around each other, were sort of revolving around each other. And there was addiction, alcoholism, and my mom was taking pills and doing all the things that she was doing. And so my parents weren't really there, right? Uh, they were doing their things and they were having their parties and their fun. And so we got kind of left in the mix to figure it out for ourselves. And so for me, my voids were connection, belonging, who am I, really truly who am I, uh, and what the hell am I doing? And, and really truly the feeling as a kid, I'm taking up too much space because I don't know why I'm here. And so really for me, um, the void of those drove the value of deep learning about myself first and foremost. How do I tick? Why do I exist? Am I important enough to exist? Through career after career, like they, if I look back on it, each career sort of fed into each other in this really interesting way. Uh, but when I got to study somatic psychotherapy, which is my degree um, as a psychotherapist, um, I realized that that void of connection and communication, I was developing a brilliant value as a relationship expert in order to have people connect to themselves, in order to have the deep conversations about stuff that was really sort of like hindering them or creating a, a sense of safety and trust in order for them to actually open up. Um, because for me, I was terrified. I didn't know how to open up. I didn't know really how to share um, and so I've developed this value of being able to do that because I've worked through a lot of my stuff over the years, my value of being able to relate and connect and talk about the things that actually matter to talk about your value system, which is, is a set of values unique to you. No one else has them, um, to determine them and to help you shape a life around them. Uh, and take out all the static and all the stuff in the way is literally kind of my, it's, it's what I love to do, love to do. Um, and I think I, I really have loved to be able to answer two questions. Who am I and what do I want to do with my life? I think those are the two most, for me, two most important questions to ask. And they're two of the questions that were gnawing at me as a child, uh, which helped develop kind of what I do today. What do you do today? What I do is my, my main focus is relationships. And so I work in relationship to self, relationship to other, and relationship to world at large. And so when you come in to see me, you're going to have a struggle in one of those three areas. Basically, um, fell in love with a process called perceptual balancing. Um, and the reason I fell in love with it is because it's incredibly effective at asking brilliant questions to people, uh, really tackling their issues that they bring in quite directly um, and asking questions to figure out what they're actually not seeing. So it's, um, it's a process that literally gets to the opposite. So if you come into me and you're suffering with sort of a social anxiety, let's say that's world at large issues. I have a hard time going out into the world because I have anxiety with large groups and I don't know what I'm going to encounter, et cetera. Uh, what I do is I take you into the moments in your history that you had massive anxiety 
and I ask you opposite questions of it. And so an opposite question of that is in the moment of anxiety at that last party you were at, um, how did it serve you? What did you do or not do that served you, that helped you regulate, that helped you build a skill, uh, created an insight? And I keep digging into that side in order to balance their perceptions because social anxiety sucks and I hate it and I'm, I'm bracing against it and I don't want to experience it. Um, and so I want to memory by memory, moment by moment, rewrite their story by getting, see how it served them, what skills it's built, built from this entire, like the entire journey. In fact, I just had a client where I was, I'm, I guess I'm bringing this up because I just had a client where I worked with on this and she, anxiety was an adversary. It was something to be, uh, either fight or run away from. And after probably about 10 hours, she started to see uh, um, anxiety as a teacher. And it was something that was actually getting her to see different parts of herself and how brilliant she is at assessing safe situations, not safe situations, safe people, not safe people, um, how intuitive she is. And she never really saw all of this because she just had this immediate reaction to, I don't want to go to that party. I'm really nervous. It's going to suck. And I got a brace. And so my job is to, whoever comes in to see me with whatever it is, I ask opposite questions in order to help them find out the answers for themselves that actually have a broader meaning making for them and answers that help them alleviate what's they're coming in for like quite immediately. Wow. This is all amazing stuff and great information. And I appreciate you sharing this with me. And I want to hear more. Yes. I have a client who is working around struggles around their partner. And they are working and struggling because, you know, when you get into the beginning of a relationship, there's the honeymoon phase. Like, oh, look at you. You have a nose and you have a mouth and so do I. And everything is, you know, copacetic and wonderful. But as you get into a relationship, um, over time, you start to see that there is a full-fledged human being going on with a light side and a shadow side uh, with uh, similar values and yet also different values. Um, and what they're, what they're struggling with is value difference. Um, and the moment, like the moment that you, I mean, how do I put this? When you come into a relationship and you have an overlap, right? The overlap is where you get each other. It's where your values are common. It's where you can teach each other. You can learn from each other. You get each other. If there's an excitement, uh, there's a reason of belonging and, and connection. Where you don't overlap, and everyone has this too, is where you don't get each other. It's where you're going to have more of a tendency to fight and struggle. It's where you're going to um, not get each other. And it's where you're going to, have you ever heard of projection? Oh yeah. It's where you're gonna project onto each other. Right. You're being such an asshole right now because you don't get me or you're not, right? And so um, where this current couple is, is they are in a value difference and they're not seeing each other. And so there's judgment and there's um, name calling and there's fighting going on. And so my job is to 
literally bring them back to their values and use their value systems to broach where they're not seeing each other and where there can be kinder communication, greater seeing of each other, sort of like, oh, I got to grow a little bit in order to be able to like incorporate difference um, and struggle and, and, and seeing actually how it serves me because we are together for a very particular reason because um, each person has a fingerprint specific value system that's specific to them. So whenever, whenever two people come into relationship, it's, it's high, it's uh, supremely unique. And so they have something to teach each other in the similarities, but also in the differences, right? And, and it's really highly unique. So my job, one of my jobs is to really sort of get each other to see each other where you overlap, but also learn from the differences where they're not so scary um, uh, that you'd actually don't have to judge someone if they have a difference of opinion, um, that sometimes you just, if it's such a difference of opinion that you just let them have it. And you, that's just something we don't talk about. Have you ever had that in a relationship? <laughs> we don't talk about politics in this household because we don't get each other. Right. Yes. Um, and so that's one of my main jobs with his current in this current um, couple is that um, is really just getting them back into alignment um, using their value systems. And that's one of my main tools in relationship. Okay. This sounds good. It sounds like you've got a really good toolbox. So as part of our sugar to our lemonade, you know, what is something, what is something, a little tip advice? One of the, one of the things that I, um, it was a, it was a very simple thing that someone said that I, I almost, you know, when you hear something, you almost kind of let it go is, uh, and it, it really landed really deeply is that if you stay in conversation, you can work anything out. And the moment that you actually stop conversation is the things it's, it's probably the end of things. Right. Um, and I've seen that happen over and over with couples is that the couples that stay in conversation, even when it's hard can work anything out work anything through but the moment you stop conversing there becomes a definitive wall that um that has the potential of literally eroding the relationship to to, to splitting up and so that would be a tip that i would have with anyone who's in a deep relationship and struggling is stay in the conversation no matter what, stay in the conversation, even if you have to take breaks, even if there's intensity, take breaks, come back, take breaks, come back, because it is in that intentionality is saying that I care about you and I love you and I'm willing to stay in this to see if we can come to that gray zone, that common ground in order to figure this out. And there's no struggle and no fight where there is not a gray zone, right? There's no difference of opinion that does not have some overlap where you can actually um, get some wiggle room and transform it. Find that common ground. You call it the gray zone. I like that. It's the overlap of the two values coming together. It's the gray yeah. zone. Yeah. And the okay. fight is the fight is black and white. Right. You're wrong. I'm right. Right. Okay. And and that's like that's a um, if you stay in that, you're going to stop the conversation because after a while, um, a person's not going to want to feel that they're wrong and even being right doesn't feel good. Right. 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 
I love that advice and how you even said earlier about it's you kind of find the opposite. You lean into, you know, with the anxiety or something and you lean into like, you wouldn't say, oh, what's a better way you could feel in that situation? You changed it. And I love the way you look at things that way. You have a different mm -hmm. view. That's really empowerful. How does the thing that I, that another just simple advice is that anything that you're struggling with, if you can actually see it as your teacher, right? Rather than your adversary or your enemy. Um, it changes the entire way of looking at something. Yeah. So, and that's just how I work with life. It's like, there's, there's no thing in this world that doesn't have something to teach you if you're willing to ask the right questions of it. So you say that you deal with people with a lot of anxiety. Is there other issues too? Like, I guess relationships, but weight loss or money or things like that as well? Yeah. So the biggies, depression, anxiety, worry, fear, doubt, relationship issues, like uh, struggles with partners, um, uh, relationships between bosses and coworkers. I've, I've worked with those as well. Um, uh, uh, business, business stuff. I'm also, I'm not only a, a counselor, but I'm also a coach. Uh, and so I coach people through um, various stuff. I mean, the, sometimes there's just navigation, like um, we don't need to work on your psychology. We just need to work on your navigation around something. Uh, but really it's primarily like I look through the lens of relationship uh, because we're, we're always in some form of relationship, right? Right. Um, and so um, it just, when I got to that in my business, it cleaned everything up because um, then all of a sudden it's a much more specific sort of avatar and demographic, right? And I can hone in all of my skills in a much more sort of concise way. Uh, and it was really brilliant when I kind of figured that out. I was like, I'm a relationship expert. That's really what I am. But simple tips and tricks are do something different. Do something novel. Um, we are creatures of habit. And so therefore, um, we get really stuck in patterns with each other um, and stuck in routine. And so challenge yourself, even if it's a small challenge, do something novel together that's going to pull something out of you. Like even if it's a, uh, sometimes I'll just tell um, couples just to get out, get out from the TV um, go on your iPhone and order some interesting games. There's even relationship games. There's questions you can ask each other. Just pull up the internet and there's a series of like questions for couples, right? Google that and literally ask each other questions, do something novel. And it pulls out, um, it pulls out different information in the relationship and you learn from each other and you grow from each other. But I find a lot of couples, um, it's just human just to get stuck in routine and pattern. We just do that. And so that's a, just a simple trick to spice things up, liven things up. Yeah, no, I think that's perfect. I'm so glad you brought that up as an option because it's not something that's that hard to do. Like it's really simple. And you think you hear advice given to, spice up your relationship or go do, do something that scares you or go do, you know, jump out of an airplane together or something. But I like your suggestion of just like, ask each other questions that you find on the internet. How cool yeah. is that? I think that's great. <laughs> I did that with a couple. I said, just Google it, see what happens. And um, uh, it's a couple I had recently worked with. 
And they came back and they were like, that was one of the best pieces of advice you could ever have given us because we talked about things uh, that we've never talked about before. We are shaping our relationship as a result of that conversation wow. uh, totally differently. We are, um, you know, uh, the idea of getting out and like, they've always were talking about things. Yeah. And for some reason, the conversation spurred them to actually do it. So they bought an RV and they, they, they traveled the United States and got out and they changed their whole world be based on that simple conversation based on whatever, whatever questions they found, which is funny. Yeah. Right? It changed their whole course. I love that. We have a little deck of cards that I carry in my purse and it's so random, but whenever we go out to dinner, I pull out the deck of cards. We go out once a week. We've been mm. married almost 30 years and, oh, yeah. That's and awesome. I pull out this deck of cards and we just ask each other questions because it does get so monotonous. You know, you're doing your date night and talk about the kids or you talk about your job and then that's it. Then you're going back home to watch TV. And so it's like, it's been really fun to pull out these cards and it's what's your biggest dream or what's on, you know, what's, what's something yeah. you could do if you could do anything or whatever. The questions are so random and it doesn't really matter. But like you said, it just gets you thinking differently and talking differently to each other and breaks that routine. So I'm all for that. That's great advice. I love it. We're already doing that. So that's great. Right. From a, <laughs> so from a neuroscience standpoint, it's really interesting. The, the brain will groove it. The, the neural pathways will groove themselves okay. uh, with repeated activity. And so you'll shape these neural highways with uh, we talk about the kids and then we talk about this. We talk about that, right? You, these just highways that you just fall down, and it's really again the novel, the novel, whatever it is, allows a new pathway to be formed, even if it's ever so temporarily, to create a novel experience in order to have a completely different experience. Right. Even if it's even if it's very very subtle. So we do we're, our patternicity is actually in our in our neural networks. Um, it's, it's mirrored on our neural networks. Uh, you've been wonderful to talk to. I've learned some things and I appreciate this. I didn't know this was even a job or something that would help people. So I'm so glad you're here for people to talk to and kind of see things in a different way. And I love the examples you've shown that are just so simple, but we need your eyes to show us a different mm. way of looking at things. So I appreciate that very much. So thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really, really nice to chat with you too. Thanks yeah. for one of your podcasts is literally my job is to make lemonade out of your lemons. Yeah, like that's literally what I do. So, so I was like, she's perfect. I like that's <laughs> superb. So thank you for having me on. It's really, really wonderful. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your lemon to lemonade. I appreciate that too, because I think there's a reason why we do what we do. And I just love it when people can share to inspire and uplift others. So thank you for being willing to talk to me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely.